Aren't I, at least? I believe so. Now come, young ward. Let's go off and go and save the world through Turbo, a Sakura Rangers podcast. Quickly. Gee willikers. To the exposition mobile. Yeah, so that was that was torture. Holy theme sensing Batman. Yes, it's almost like we uh, we have something to talk about here today. So uh, in case anybody's not aware, hi, it's Robert the Red Ranger, or as you can go and call me uh, today, Batman, because I'm Batman. The question that. Okay, <laughs> but okay, okay, but yeah. uh, now now here, here's the th- here's the th- here's the thing. I'm Tyler. I'm the Black Ranger. Now the Black Ranger being the black and Batman also being black. Are you wearing black? He's not, him himself is not black. Yeah. That'd be good. Batman. I want to see that Batman now. Um, <laughs> they, they didn't know with Spider-Man. It worked with Spider-Man. Just do it. There's a black Batman. It's, yeah. Well, he's always wearing black. Anyways, <laughs> wearing black and Batman's always wearing black. I should be Batman. And since you're always wearing red and Robin is always wearing red and green, you and Cole can be Robin together. Here, we here's the one, one problem I have with that. What's this? I'm an old man. Batman's oh, okay. an old man. Mm. You're young and handsome. That Ooh. totally makes you Nightwing. Oh, Dick Grayson. But I'd be the Blue Ranger then. Isn't Dane the Blue? Isn't isn't that who? It... Do you know? What? I'll be Robin if I can be <laughs> Damian Wayne. Because Damian Wayne don't take shit from no one. <laughs> so you know, I at least that Robin. at least that's the one you decided to go with, and not Jason Todd. Yeah, although you would look good with a crowbar, you know, slammed into various parts of your body. Yeah, I mean, but he comes back as Red Hood, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite DC animated film, by the way, <laughs> Batman Under the Red Hood. Yeah. Uh, although not a huge fan of Death in the Family, the comics, so. Well, you didn't like that one? Okay. I, you know, I, I am one of those guys that understands on why it was that at the time... It was the most hated thing that came out of that franchise. Like, I totally understand it from a contextual purpose there. And I still stand by its delivery was really botched. I know that Jason Todd was not the most popular Robin. And I mean, granted, at the time he was only the second one, but people reacted very poorly to him in the first place and the way that they chose to go and kill him off. And granted, this was the fans deciding whether or not he would stay in there or not. The fact that they took it that far to go and kill him off was a bit of a dick move on the writer's part. Now, ultimately it's been redeemed because of things like uh, the revival and the red hood it's worked out in the long term. But in the context of what it was at the time, I still stand by mm, not a fan. Really? I thought it, I thought it added gravitas to it. It definitely did. But I feel like there would be other ways of doing it that it it could have been done more tastefully, I think, is really what it comes down to. Oh, I don't know. That's 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 exactly why I liked it, because it was just brutal. It's like mm-hmm. you you with the problem with the Joker is, is you take him as uh just that a joker is the clown prince of crime yeah but you gotta you gotta remember he's a psychopath 
And so he's going to do psychopathic things. And that is exactly that. It's, it's the kind of idea to say, Hey, you're, he's all fun and games with the Joker, but you got to remember he is a psychopath who likes to murder and commit crimes just because that's what he loves doing. And so it's like a, it's like a realization moment. You go like, Oh, I love the Joker because he's fun. But then you go, Oh no, he's psychotic. This is exactly what he would do. This is his character. So it's a pullback from the <clears throat> romanticism of mm-hmm. the bad guy of Joker to say, yeah. here's the reality of it. He's he's not he's he's mentally ill. He's just a crazy person. And this is what crazy people do. They beat people with crowbars to death. Yeah. So and it was, it's, it, Joker is the only thing I think that really comes out of that one is an overall plus because that was a huge departure from the gold and at the time still silver age joker that was yeah a little bit more comedic i would go and say yeah i know the word boner used to go and have a very different context than what it does today but man did he say that a lot in those old comics hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> well, that's, that's, one my, that's one of my favorite memes is uh a hard dick meant straight talk <laughs> and so it was uh iron man and captain america and it's just like hey mr iron man or our uh steve rogers saying maybe you need some hard dick from steve rogers or no it was oh it was iron man iron man saying that to steve yeah. rogers and it's just like oh yeah that's uh that's that's the time where hard dick meant uh straight talk not not now so you go read it and you're just like, well, that is that is fan fiction right there now. <laughs> Steve Rogers and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark and Steve Rogers. I don't know how that's just that that is that's fanfic right there. It's yep. dirty. Yes, it is. So yeah, time words change. Words always change, and people don't realize how quickly words change. Uh, yeah. but then you just you look back at it and in like, yeah, the the seventies and eighties, or I guess that's uh the golden age was the fifties, yeah, and then the silver age was the seventies and eighties, largely, yeah, yeah. And then I don't know what they called the nineties. The nineties was the bronze age, and now we're in the modern era, which has kind of been the late nineties through to now. So yeah. there hasn't well, been. There's not 90s. a lot of new world that's gone on here. The nineties have a very distinct style as well. That's the Almost whole, definitely, yeah. The very like very sexualized women, very muscular men, just nothing but action, action, action. That's that's the that's the era that spawned things like the Punisher and Spawn, mm-hmm. Spawn, Spawn things like Spawn. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was very very, and uh, a lot of that stuff was very like uh, graphic. It was like mm-hmm. violence and and really really butch strong men and. And uh, really fucking fan servicey women with big tits and nice ass and very little clothing. Uh, it yeah. was a simpler time. It was a simpler time, the 90s. It was back when people, uh, no one really, there was no problems. Like It was like kind of in between. Things didn't really kill you, but things weren't really safe yet either. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't yeah. know. No, and everybody was trying to go and save the children from all these things that Really, we're not going to go and kill them and ignoring all the things that might actually. That's like maybe the early two thousands, not the late nineties. Oh no, I'm 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 putting I'm putting that statement firmly in the nineties. Okay, really, just oh really? god, 
all of I remember being a kid, and this is before Cartoon Network even started. I remember watching Nickelodeon like 90, 91, 92, and every commercial wasn't for toys. It was for child safety products. It was for covers to go over the knobs of your range. It was for light switch covers. It was for outlet screens. I see what you mean. Yes. 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 That that trend started in the early 90s. Yes. Yes. Apex? You know, did it become the commonplace, the norm in the 2000s? Yes, I will give it that one. But no, it was the censors on uh, Fox Kids and the WB. I mean, God, watch any Animaniacs episode, and you know just how bad the censors were at that point. Do you know, the FCC I, regulations. No, I, I'm, I'm agree. I know where you're coming from. I'm agreeing with you because, like, yeah. uh, I'm going to say the 2000s wasn't when it started. I guess that's when it hit at extremes because that's yeah. when you have the extremes come out. The I totally now remember. You like you describe it like that. The 90s. Um, there we had a lot of safety ads on television uh and this is um, this is more a canadian thing now because i have a we have you talk to any canadian we've talked about this before where colin and i will start spewing out these things from the canadian safety like uh broadcasting corporation and you guys didn't get them but we got all of them you're like they are ingrained in us to a to a point of like being just part of our culture of just young uh millennials like the don't you put it in your mouth don't you put it in your mouth it might look good to eat it might look good to eat and that's like the one about safety. It's like, and it's targeted towards children and saying, hey, don't don't eat this. It, it might look good to eat, but don't eat it. And that's like saying, hey, don't eat pills. Don't eat the blue liquid that's underneath the sink. Um, then there's that. Don't chew on Tide Pods. Oh, sorry. That's a modern thing, isn't it? That was exactly it. That was exactly it. We we looked at Tide Pods and we had that commercial. And we go, okay, this looks like candy. But don't put it in your mouth because it, it'll make you sick. We had the little, with like the puppets and everything. And we was like, it was like, it was a thing. And then, man, yeah, you talked to the Canadian, just like, no, don't eat Tide Pods. Didn't you grow up with things? And then it's like, because all those kids that are eating Tide Pods now didn't grow up with that. So they don't know. They're the wrong generation. They're the generation after us. Like yeah. that one, there's the, also the uh, North American house hippo. Um, <laughs> that's that, that one's warning kids about uh, uh, television and internet. Actually, it's mostly television because internet wasn't really a thing yet. And it was about, hey, be careful what you see. Just because it looks real. That, that, that was the exact same. That looked really real, didn't it? But you knew it couldn't be true. Yeah. Be careful what you're watching on TV. Because like, just, just because it looks real doesn't mean it is. Question things, which is good. Um, what was another one? There's another one that was like an amputee one where it had a robot jumping through a bunch of like dangerous things. And then like its arm got cut off. And it was just like, I can put my arm back on. You can't. So play safe. So th that's like the three main ones. Oh, yeah. There's also a TV one. Oh, my God. Why TV's TV one? Oh, my childhood. I'm off topic. Um, so what were we talking about? Uh, <laughs> that That is a great question. All I know is that if I was a listener playing the drinking game right now, I'd be dead. Yes. <laughs> yes, you. Would. That was a lot of Canadian facts. Unless you're Canadian, in which case you're, uh, you just uh, you just got your buzz on. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, um, I, <laughs> yeah, people people could probably guess that that's not necessarily what we wanted to talk about. But uh, damn it, if it wasn't interesting. Yeah, it's, I've I've said it before, 
and I'm probably going to say it again in the future because that's just it's it is it's odd how ingrained in me it is. But like, <laughs> I guess it because it's catchy tunes that you learn when you're young and you know exactly what they mean. And then they're just they're there forever. And th- I guess it it feels weird because I feel like that's some weird like uh, brainwashing. Mm-hmm. But what they're brainwashing us is to not eat Tide Pods. So I'm OK. I guess there is good brainwashing. Hey. There's conditioning and then there's brainwashing. Yeah. Conditioning is not necessarily a bad thing. That's really more what school is for, or at least that's what it's supposed to be for, is about going and teaching kids, you know, the basics of things and then how to think, not the what to think. Yeah. And yeah, going and coming up with things like those PSAs and trying to go and, um, that's what I'm looking for here, uh, trying to go and create more of an awareness of the things around you and the dangers that could be there. Yeah. That's good conditioning. Yeah. You know, going and analyzing the situation is an important thing. So what if if you have a a Pavlovian response? Everyone, every time someone says kitty and house hippo, where someone (laughs) says that and then everyone, everyone interacts and you're like, Oh my God, that looked really real. And everyone just says the line, the North American house hippo loves eating things such as peanut butter. That's what you call a fail on the Canadian government staff. Well, everyone knows what it is. So it's just like it's just it's part of culture now. I don't know. It's 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 pop culture. That's Canadian '90s pop culture, <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. So, oh, my certainly, child. certainly nothing wrong with that. And then certainly. you go watch episodes of Reboot after that. That's there that, you that, go. <laughs> you watch that commercial and you watch an episode of Reboot and yeah. There you go. There you go. The original reboot, please, for the love of God. The original reboot, of course. That is equally... The only reboot, I should say. Right, right, you're right. There is no other reboot. Because that other reboot is not a reboot. Yeah, what what, what, what other reboot? I I don't know what you're talking about. Nope, just doesn't exist. I don't even even think that's on. That's on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't even think it's on Canadian Netflix. I've never seen it on there. I'm going to try and look it up. I know it's one of the reasons on why Netflix has decided to drop their rating system. Oh, they did. I noticed that. And now it just has a percentage of like how much you might like this movie. Yeah. So it's not a rating system. It's a, oh, this one might not be for you. Because apparently it's not for anyone. It's just an algorithm now, folks. Or, you know, to go and promote the stuff that Netflix wants you to go and see. And, you know, the stuff they went and put money out on instead of what you might actually be interested in. Yeah. No, I've got nothing. It's not here. No, nothing. I don't really? Have... Nope. Don't have it. Can't watch it. It the is literally hell? not allowed in Canada. It was made in Canada. This is like the shit the Canadian government dreams of. What? Reboot of reboot? There's no, no, an internationally distributed show made and filmed uh, by Canadians. <laughs> like the first reboot? Well, the original and the new one. Uh, the original was on here, but I think it's yeah, off I know now. The, I know the original one was. Uh, it's like, how how do you have something like the Guardian Code that was shot in Vancouver, for God's sakes, has mostly Canadian cast, has a Canadian director? This is like everything the Canadian government dreams of. How the hell is that not on Netflix for Can or for Canadians? Uh, I don't know. Maybe have you watched it? Maybe that's why. Yeah, no, that is exactly why. <laughs> Yeah. Even the Canadians aren't proud of this one. We'll go and ship you guys all the Johnny Test you can ever go and handle, but nope. <laughs> hey, we've got all Johnny Test on here. That's on here. Yeah, that's what I mean. They'll ship you all of that you could ever want or hate, but yeah. 
Have, did you watch The Hollow? The Hollow? No. That was a new show. That was like a, it was a cartoon show, and it was on a uh, on a uh, Netflix. Yeah, it's called The Hollow. I watched it. It was good. It was really short though, and I wish it was longer. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it, but no, I haven't. haven't yeah, watched it. it was weird. It just like popped up, and I was just like, "What is this?" Oh well, I'll watch it. And then I watched all of it, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that was okay. I would watch more of that." Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Well, Netflix is a whole other creature. It is. It is. And there's other of. creatures that are coming to go and take it on now. We'll see yeah. how those guys go and turn yeah. out. Like, you know, like Disney. The, yeah, Disney's got their one coming up in 2019 that we still know really nothing about. Which I'm I don't know how that's gonna work because I don't know how much of their stuff is licensed through Netflix. Well so. that that's the problem for Netflix is that uh right now all of their contracts are either ending at the end of this year or going and ending early 2019. Yeah, well, because this is the thing is all their Marvel shows or all their, I guess all their TV shows that are done through Netflix are done through ABC. Yeah, they're not actually owned or, you know, they're the they're the uh, current distributor, but they are not owned at any level by Netflix. Yeah, because like purely a- licensed. ABC is owned by Disney. Yep. Um, so all those shows, like they have like a weird thing where like, yeah, ABC shows, they use their stuff for their production to produce all their shows because I guess Netflix doesn't have any studios. What they well, use is just they, ABC they do, studios. They do have their own studios. The problem is, though, a lot of their most successful properties are not ones that were originally commissioned by them. Even shows like Voltron, which are exclusively, well, North American exclusively broadcast on Netflix, they don't own any of that stuff. That's all DreamWorks. Like, exactly. All, and all that's their just, And that's just DreamWorks Television that owns that one in particular. So that's even now separate from uh, DreamWorks Movies, which is now part of Comcast. Well, I shouldn't say that. DreamWorks Animation is part of Comcast. Regular DreamWorks. DreamWorks is a fucking disaster. Okay, that's what it comes down to. DreamWorks is very big. Um, It it is. It's big, but now it's three different companies. Yes. Because you have DreamWorks Live Action, DreamWorks Television, Television Animation, and DreamWorks Film Animation. So there's three different companies and they're all owned by three different groups now. Yeah. Well, aren't they all owned by DreamWorks though? Isn't no, not anymore. They went and spun off DreamWorks television about seven years ago and DreamWorks movies. I want to say two years ago, uh, got spun off. Now that being said, they have contracts that still go and link properties between them. It's the reason why, um, Oh god, what's that? What's that bad Alec Baldwin movie that came out last year? Um, oh, baby, Bo- Boss Baby, Boss Baby. Thank you. Yeah, yeah they just uh, went and launched a television show off of that. And even though the two companies are not directly connected to each other, uh, they do have contracts that go and allow for you know cross branding, marketing, and synergy uh, for all of that stuff. Uh, basically, yeah. DreamWorks Television Animation has full license to any of the television or any to the her to licenses of any of the movies that have been made. So That's they're able to go and work with that stuff. But DreamWorks animation uh still owns all the licensing rights. So any how to train your dragon toys or anything like that won't go and say race to the edge on them. They'll just be how to train your dragon based branded stuff. Ah I see. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, it gets a little bit murkier in the case of like Voltron, which has been a big hit and has a great commercial toy line going on. 
that's one that DreamWorks Television Animation exclusively is making money on because DreamWorks uh, Pictures has no connection to it. So that's why they'll never make a movie, I guess. At least not off of that continuity. Because, I mean, well, well uh, actually, no, I think Paramount owns the rights to the movie right now, which has still never been made. Let me go and look into that here real quick. I, I could feel I could feel it um, like there's different calipers of quality coming from one and the other. So if if uh, if the uh, DreamWorks animated television ever made a movie, it would be like a straight to Netflix movie and it would be exact same art style. Just uh, well, even their episodes are already an hour long. If they ever made a movie, it would just be two episodes together. It wouldn't really be a whole crazy amount of things unless it was like they somehow. Yeah, I don't think they'd ever make a movie. I think it would just be way easier just to make another season. Yeah, no. And I mean, that's. As long as that show continues to go and be as popular as it is, and I think it still has on the current contract another 40-some episodes that still need to be made. 40-some episodes? Uh, Yeah, hold on a second here. I'm trying to remember, because back after, you know, quote-unquote, season four came out, which is actually like season two... this is one thing that drives me nuts about Netflix is that the way that they release stuff, and I understand why with Voltron they're doing it this way. It's one of the few weird ones that makes sense to me. They're going and releasing stuff basically as they're getting finished in production. Yeah. So the first season of Voltron was commissioned originally as being, I think, 24 episodes. Yeah. It's 24 or 26. I can't remember to save my life here. It was huge. But it was yeah, it was a big deal. They went full in on this thing when they went into uh, Commission Studio Parrot to go and do all the 2D animations. And then DreamWorks uh, television animation did all the CGI work, which blended really well together. I mean, beautiful synergy between two different studios making the same picture. But in the case of uh, what they did for the production... Netflix wanted to go and have it out sooner. They needed something to go and fill a time slot. And... Uh, DreamWorks television animation didn't have any other shows that were ready to go at the time. So they ended up releasing the first, I think 11 or 12 episodes of the first season. And it just came out and it has the worst season finale episode possible. Cause it's not even just ending on a regular cliffhanger. It's just, it abruptly ends. It's like, it's supposed to go right into the next episode. And when you see the next episode, it's like, there wasn't supposed to be a break here. Yeah. There really wasn't supposed to be a break, but that was the number of episodes they had completed at the time by the time that they needed to go and get it out there. And, and, and like their season numbers change of like how many is an episode. And it is ridiculous. Like I remember they came up with a new new season. I think it was like season two or three mm-hmm. um, or season three. Yeah, it was season three. And that one had even significantly less episodes in it. Yeah, and it's just because it's taking so long to get the two studios to go and get their stuff together and that one's being broadcast. This is a weird one because Netflix is actually broadcasting that one truly exclusively. It's not broadcast on any other network in other countries, but it still was converted into 13 languages. It's not like How to Train Your Dragon, Race to the Edge, where Cartoon Network UK is going and broadcasting that one and Netflix is doing North American distribution. This is another one of those weird license things. But oh, yeah, it is it is season three that only had seven episodes in it. Yeah, no, but it's because it's taking so long to do it. Now the way that they're doing this is they're just going and releasing a batch of six to eight episodes yeah. every time. 
Yeah. Uh, but they're doing it closer to each other, so there aren't long breaks in between. Yeah, they're they're all down to six to seven now. Yeah, so yeah. basically, the first if you if you do it that way, if it was supposed to be a twenty four season, a twenty four episode season, then season one and two is one season, and then literally season three through six is the second season. Yeah, which honestly, you watch them all together, and it makes total sense. You can see yeah. that that was the way they wrote all that stuff. So. It was announced after season three launched that they were going into, I think, another 50 some episodes that had just been ordered and that that was going to carry them through season six. Not hmm. season six as we know it today, season six of production seasons. Yeah, which they're, I guess they only just finished season two if that's the way they want to do it. Exactly. Jesus. So, yeah, different between production seasons and what Netflix calls a fucking season. Yeah, because Netflix well, doesn't know. know how to fucking count. Actually, Netflix's seasons, the way they're counting there is that is exactly how anime does it. Like a 12, 12 episode uh, for anime. That's that's a season right there. And yeah. it works really well. Um, yeah, six episodes do... is like a, a light like OVA almost. But yeah, but at least in the case of anime, they're doing that based on uh, broadcast seasons. Yes. Like yeah. it makes total sense. Is that being a season? And the having... way they do it with Ultron, it's like. There's some stuff that releases in the same freaking season that makes up two seasons. Yeah. 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 Because, like, yeah, with anime, it's like it's very structured. It's just like, okay, we have our spring, summer, fall, winter. And that's when that comes out. And so, you know, you can look forward what's coming out next. And then you get the 12 episodes. Or, or if you have 24 episodes and it goes through two seasons and then it just continues airing. Or if you're, crazy enough and get one of those shonens and it's going to go for like 50 some episodes and then yeah just, yeah that that isn't really know. seasons at that point that's just arcs <laughs> yes that is just arcs then arc and then that's every time there's a new arc there's a new intro and outro so yeah i don't know that's crazy yeah oh man they even have captain underpants the epic tale so they have a tv show for captain underpants too. oh no way really yeah i haven't seen that i wonder if it's good or not I don't know, I like but that movie. I really did too. I'm actually, I am so pissed that for some reason DreamWorks cannot get their act together when it comes to advertising. And I know part of it's because most studios don't do their own uh, trailers anymore or television spots. They commission another group to go and do it with a limited amount of footage that they give them. Mm. But seriously, how does DreamWorks keep screwing up that their best movies are ending up having the lowest box office returns? And for some reason, the ones that are just kind of either eh or total crap end up being big box office successes. I don't understand it. I, I don't uh, understand it. I mean, Rise of the Guardians. I freaking love that movie. That's a, that is that is a great movie. That is a it, fantastic movie. It is a great movie. It knows when to be dark. I love that. I wish DreamWorks would do more of that. Their best movies have always had that element in there. It's not to say you can't have a happy resolution, but The Prince of Egypt, The Road to El Dorado, there were good dark moments in there that helped to go and establish some stakes. You know, I like Shrek as much as the next guy, but let's be honest here. Do you really have any doubt that it's going to end up happy in the end? Uh, you know, well, the first one was like, was very, the first one was groundbreaking i'd say because I, it was it was very for what it was at the time it was out there it was now definitely it, out there yeah it's, it's turned into a franchise now but like when the first shrek came out it was like the whole 
fairy tale because that was like oh god what was that was that late 90s early 2000s yeah yeah i would um, think 2001 that's when we came off of disney movies and we knew disney movies and so it was just a whole bunch of disney movies or a fa- fantasy and it was just like very flipped yeah. upside down and satirical of it so the yeah, first it, one it subverted all the tropes and it was entertaining yeah. because of that and that's that's the first one and like that wasn't really a thing before yeah now it's a franchise we know lots about it, it it's just whatever yeah. so basically with age it hasn't aged well because of that but i yeah. still have to give it credit for being very what it was at the time of when it came out was actually very yeah, and context does matter in that situation. It's like me with the death in the family thing. It's like, I understand what it's become and the importance that's had and on how good it is now in context. But at the time, yeah, that was not maybe the best move, at least in the short term. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shrek, you're right. It subverted the tropes. It was interesting. And it captured at a good time as well because yeah. that was when Disney was starting to go and have that, that was basically at the beginning of the second dark age of Disney. Yeah. Because they yeah. had a couple of flops. You had this new shiny thing. I mean, it wasn't the first CGI film to go and come out, but it was the first one that had real looking assets, particularly yes. in the backgrounds and that all was that. A, that was a huge thing for them because that was the first time it wasn't just animated. It was like it was it was uh, something comparable to Pixar where it was yeah. user generated. Exactly. So. Yeah, and people were looking for that kind of thing. I think largely also because of uh, Pixar's quality. I remember when it came out, a lot of people mistook it as being a Pixar film. Yeah, that was the huge thing. That was the big part. It was just like these movies come out and be like, oh, yeah, that's a Pixar. That's a Disney. I'm like, no, those are DreamWorks. DreamWorks, that was DreamWorks was getting big then and making a lot of those movies. People couldn't tell the difference because they, well, they didn't care. They just knew the one or the other, but then that's when you have to like, no, these are two different studios. That's, that's a Pixar movie. That's a DreamWorks movie. Yeah. That was when they established themselves. And I mean, they did a great job at first. I'm not knocking Shrek or anything like that, but you know, rise of the guardians did not do well at the box office. It had one of the worst advertising campaigns I'd ever seen. Uh, Captain underpants. Great movie. I absolutely loved that film. When Do you read out. the books, though? I didn't read the books. You didn't read my, the books? My brother read the books. I was a little too old by the time that those things really caught on in popularity. Oh, man. Okay. So yeah. that's that, that means something coming from me. Because like, I read the books. So what, what I was watching was a lot of nostalgia. Because mm-hmm. there, there was a lot of references. and There was a lot of different stuff. There was like changed. But there is also, as how much was different was an equal amounts of references that was the same. Yeah. So I watched it and I was just like, yeah, this is, this is what it, the books were like. This is everything. This is. So I was just getting nostalgia from watching it. And then it was also just really funny and well-written. Yeah, I just, no. I, I laughed at the jokes. I thought it was well-written. Yeah. I didn't so. think that I was going to go and like a movie that went and had Kevin Hart going and playing, you know, a gummy bear looking kid. <laughs> you know, that hypnotizes his principal. Yeah. <laughs> like, this should be really dumb. Like, I know my brother read this in school, and I went in there with no idea even what the hell I was going to go and watch. Because once again, terrible advertising campaign. Went in yeah. there, walked out going, tra-la-la! I mean, it was great. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe that's the thing. Maybe maybe you went in there without 
expectations I, and well, that's uh, but i know i went in there with expectations i expected it to be good and i thought it's it was got really a great good. rating i mean people really enjoyed the film that saw it it just bombed at the box office weird and i just don't understand that when the boss baby which came out uh just a couple of months before like three months beforehand was one of the big successes of the year and it's like that's how the weird. hell did this happen i remember seeing way more advertising for boss baby but yeah. then I didn't want to see it. I, I still haven't seen it because bad. Don't. the whole concept of it just didn't seem entertaining to me. It's, it's confused. I've, I'm very confused by this one because it was a big financial success. But not only are the critic reviews really bad on it, it's not great on audience reviews. And I've yet to go and see it. This is why I go and call the Target test because I live near a Target. Just see on how many copies of a movie disappear the week of its release. And I know they restock the shelves and all that stuff. But when a case is always full of a movie, you know on what kind of an impact it had at the box office. Not so much that it didn't go and do well there, but whether or not anybody went and had any strong feeling towards it at the end. I have never seen that thing uh, be empty. Hmm. That movie has always had something there. Whereas there's other films I've seen, even not really financially successful ones like the disaster artist where I could not get a copy of it when it came out on Blu-ray for like a month and a half afterwards. People were very passionate about that one. And even kids were not passionate about the boss baby from what I could see. Hmm. That's weird. I wonder, yeah. maybe that's just, maybe that's just the power of advertising. It's like they advertise enough and then people saw it and were like, I guess I'm going to take my kids to a movie. May as well be this one because it's a kid's movie. So, and all they have to do is get that one ticket and, but that's not really where they make a whole lot of their money is that they make their money through DVD and international sales. Largely. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot that comes into play with it because the actual theatrical release the idea is that it should go and make back about one and a half times the development cost. And then and maybe, merchandising beyond that should go and take care of it from there. But maybe that movie took nothing to make. But I don't I, know. I do wonder about that. I'm not I'm not terribly sure. Because like, if it is pl publicized as much or advertised as much as it was, that's a lot of money right there. Um, and then it was uh, Kevin Kevin Spacey was Kevin Spacey? Who who is the not not Kevin uh, Alec, Kevin Baldwin? Uh, oh, Alec Baldwin? Uh, yeah, Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin in the Boss Baby. Yeah, he was. Uh, I don't know what kind of salary he gets paid. Whatever he's getting paid, it's too much. I'm gonna say that. Yeah, I am not a fan. I, I always get I always get Kevin Spacey and Alec Baldwin mixed up. You know, I totally get that though. Yeah, it makes sense when you hear it. You're it's like, not, yeah, it's just like, I yeah, it. no, I get it, I get it. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just another. There was a movie. It was like about storks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, from uh, I believe that was uh, was that Warner Brothers? I don't remember. I never got to yeah. watch it. I saw that one. I actually really liked that. Yeah, I remember seeing small ads for it and then nothing. And then it came out and it was just gone. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I would I would have watched it. Yeah, that was Warner Brothers that went and made that okay. one. Hmm. Yeah, and I. It's a fun, it's kind of a dumb movie, but it's a fun one. 
Um, yeah. It definitely was a much better movie than uh, The Boss Baby. Like, it makes... It works in its own universe. Contextually, everything works together. There aren't a lot of plot holes. There's a few, but every movie has one. I, I don't care what anybody says. I mean, Infinity War has like six, but who cares? When it's a good movie, it's a good movie. This one definitely went and played that, and it worked internally. There were The biggest problem with it is pacing. That was the mm. only real complaint that I have about Storks. The Boss Baby? Internally inconsistent. The writing is terrible. Voice acting, Alec Baldwin is the only one that sounds good in there. And I say this as somebody who is not a fan of Alec Baldwin. But damn it, he had too much fun making this movie. I'm pretty sure he was high on coke for most of it. Because there were some really inappropriate reactions at times. I don't think anybody could control him inside of the recording studio. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying this because I don't like the guy. I'm saying it because, honestly, some of the things that were said, like the line delivery, I think, was radically off from what they were trying to do, even though the line works perfectly in there. It's like they just either could not control him or there was nobody giving him vocal direction or some level of the two. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe it was just like, it's Alec Baldwin. You can't, you can't tell him not to do anything. Yeah, you know, no, he's... Dude's unhinged. Dude's unhinged. He is a crazy guy. Yeah. He's very he's very weird and out there. Yeah, no, but that that movie was a success. Um I didn't hate trolls, but I don't know why that one was such a big success with such a meh. Oh film. yeah. That's another one I haven't seen. Uh yeah. that one is the kind I think that one's a was that one a success? That was one was that one was a big success. Yeah, it's getting a sequel. They just announced it uh, earlier today as that of one, our recording. That one also has a TV series. Yeah, definitely. Um, that one was had um, um, uh, and Kendrick and uh, Al- or sorry, and uh, Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, and like yeah. he did the music for it. But it's like it's another one of those movies that's a, I think a very easy one to make, and then all the music is like pop songs so it's a for the lot most of, part a lot of pop song heavy stuff and it's one of those movies where it's just like there's a simple plot and then they put in a pop song yeah it that one's a weird one to me and i'd actually be curious to have you watch that one and uh for us to talk about because there's a really good and original series of ideas inside of this movie and then just the most bland execution like there is one original song that's in there that is toe tapping i mean it gets stuck in your head but it's not just bubblegum pop it's actually really smart in how it's done and there's this almost little big planet super creative world that they showcase briefly during this song and then the rest of it just gets really generic all of a sudden it's just like oh well where was that movie uh uh anyways yeah justin timberlake did all did all the music for that yeah, or he's in charge. Of, I don't know. Yeah. He, he had a, he had a big part in the music of that movie. Yeah, of the trolls. Uh, like my my coworker, he he went and saw it and he said he liked it. All right, because yeah. he took his kids to it and they yeah. liked it and he liked it. And, and I so liked I thought, it too. I didn't really have a problem with it. It's just kind of eh, you know. It's I think there. I think I think that's kind of it. I think a lot of people do like just a generic movie like that. That's yeah. not really they can take their kids to, and it's enough to just. Yeah, there, there was enough to go and keep me entertained. And I was very happy with how I went and spent my $10 going to the movies. It was, 
it's a fine movie in that respect, but I don't know how it was as successful as it was because that movie actually grossed more than the original Shrek, which is like, what? Well, I, I don't know. Is there like a key for inflation? Because like, I don't know, everything's more expensive. I, now. I, I have looked into that and it's like, there's a little bit of variation on it, but it actually managed to sell more tickets, which confuses the hell out of me. But I also suspect that probably Trolls found its way into a lot of dollar theaters uh, that were really struggling during the late 90s, early 2000s. So I think they probably have a little bit of a benefit in that respect. So it's like, eh, I yeah. don't know. I, I think I think that's a bit like like we have way more theaters now. Like movies are movies are way greater than they used to be. We have way mm-hmm. more block. That's another thing is in the 90s or in the 90s, 2000s, you had summer movies. Yeah. Now you don't have summer movies. You have movies all the time. You yeah. have spring movies. You have your summer movies. You have your summer blockbuster. You have your winter blockbuster. You have your spring blockbuster. Like in this year, what do we have? We, we've already had, um, we've already had a Star Wars movie. We've already had a Marvel movie. We've just had our second Marvel movie this we've year. We've had, we've had three. Remember? What was the third one? Well, we had Black Panther, Infinity War, oh, and Black Panther. Yeah. Right, right. So we've had three Marvel movies this year. Um, we've had the one Star Wars, and we're going to have another Star Wars? No, no Star Wars this year, no. No Star Wars this year? Yeah, no, um, we had Solo, and that's that's it until no, or I think it's now December of 2019 when we're going to get Episode 9. Okay, so we get Episode 9, but we're probably still going to get another Star Wars movie in spring or something. No, not this time around. Really? Not not in uh, not next year? No, no. Like, um, it's weird they jump around that much. Well, the, the confusing thing is that we had episode eight that went and came out last November. And then they went and launched Solo in May of this year. So only a well, six-month difference. Rogue One come out. Or when it wrote, Rogue yeah. One the previous December. Oh, oh. They were supposed weird. to be they were supposed to go and do them one per year, and yeah. for some reason they decided to go and rush solo out in May. I don't know. That's a weird one that I'm I did not hate the movie. I liked it. It's an okay film. I liked it. I, I liked it. Yeah, it's it's just <sighs> I loved what it sets up more than anything else. Yes. Like as a Han Solo movie. Okay, it's not what I was hoping for, but I also went in with the low expectations. So it's like it's it's good in that respect. What it sets up is absolutely amazing. Excuse me, but the movie was a production nightmare because you had Lord and Miller originally that were directing it, and then they just walked off. You know, I, I'll definitely go and say Star Wars has a director's problem. You know, Lucasfilm, hmm. they have a major director's problem. They just cannot seem to go and keep things straight as far as that's concerned. And then they went and brought in uh, Ron Howard, who I love as a director. But you could definitely tell the moments that were recorded by Lord and Miller, and then you can tell the scenes that were shot by Ron Howard. There is such a tonal problem with the movie. And there's parts that just don't blend very well. Hmm. Like, I'm still confused uh, by the post-title uh, sequence. Where, you know, Han Solo has joined the Empire, title sequence, and then, what the hell am I doing in Nazi Germany? What the fuck is going on here? When in oh. Star Wars have we seen guys dressed like this? I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. 
there, there's just a bit of a tonal issue with the way that they did some of those scenes in there. And it, it didn't work it overall. I mean, this, I already have it pre-ordered. I still want this in my collection. But it definitely had some issues in production that I think went and carried through to the actual movie. Part of the problem is that we didn't even have a trailer until three months before it came out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, a lot of people did not even know that this was happening. And then the television advertisements were just scenes from the trailer and not very well spliced together. So they were really, I think, struggling in terms of how to go and market this thing. Because they didn't really know how the movie was going to be. Is it going to be another space opera drama circa Ron Howard? You know, more like what we saw in the early Star Wars movies? Or is this going to be a little bit more on the goofy side, Lord and Miller circa, you know, I'm going as far to say Clone Wars-esque, you know? Nice mix of humor to the action. You know, can we have some fun with that? No? (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. It felt like I liked it because... It didn't feel it, like it, that's it. It didn't feel like a Star Wars film. It felt like uh, a 1940s kind of gangster heist movie, but in space. Yeah. And I applauded that element of it. Like, I love the characters in there. Like, like it almost like uh, it, it's like Casablanca, but much more actiony. Yeah. No, <laughs> that's just it. It's like. I don't know. It's it's just a weird example to me. And it got me so excited at the end of the film. It's like, now I see where they're going with these Star Wars stories. I now can understand and justify what their plan is with all of this. I get yeah. this. This is cool. I am feeling this. I am digging this. We can have some fun with this. And now the entirety of that extended Star Wars uh, tele- or movie universe is in question now because of on how badly the film did at the box office. Because oh. even internationally, it bombed by comparison to what it should have done. It did make back its budget. Hmm. Got to make that point. It was not a financial disaster, but it's much in the same way as like Justice League. It's thrown that whole element of the franchise into question at this point. So they've now put a pause on everything that they were in development with for these Star Wars stories. They're still doing episode nine. Obviously, JJ is already working on that. So they'll be wrapping that one up around December, I guess, when they're finished going and filming the actual sequences. And then it's all the editing stuff. Um, So that's happening, which is great. But uh, right now, the Ronald Emmerich, the director of episode eight, he was going to be directing a trilogy. The next you know, three titled Star Wars movies, or at least we assume that's what they're going to be. That's on pause now. The Obi-Wan Kenobi film that was announced just days before that it was going into pre-production, uh, or should say days before uh, uh, Solo went and came out, was announced that it was going into pre-production, is now on hold. Uh, the Boba Fett movie that they were going and teasing, there might be an announcement with, Nobody knows what the status is on that anymore. <laughs> Which see, I gotta be honest, just to go and see the reaction on the Boba Fett fans' faces when God. I go and say, guys, hey, that movie, it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. It's just, oh, that's it. I, I don't get that. I don't get why people <laughs> love Boba Fett that much. I know. Seriously. <laughs> like, when it t- I just like, I have a friend who was just like, oh, he's so excited for Boba Fett. You guys see his life and everything. I'm like, I, I don't know. He didn't really have that exciting of life 
he didn't really do a whole he's not really that much of a good character yeah. everything i've ever seen from the character is just sort of kind of annoying i know i like i guess in the books that he had a much bigger life than what we've seen but honestly the most interesting thing that i have seen him do were the couple of episodes on clone wars like yeah and but that wasn't I, that's... so much showing any action that was just showing the fact that he was smart I guess he just put it on the episodes of Clone Wars. You just sounded like a whiny kid. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that uh, part either. But I mean, really, can you go and argue that that was probably the most interesting thing we saw? Like, I'll even go and give Jango Fett some credit because that was one of the most interesting uh, fight scenes that we saw in episode two, Attack of the Clones. See, that's it. Jango Fett. Like, Jango, I'm all for. You give me a movie about that, motherfucker. I'm in. Because like he, I don't know. He he seemed to have more character. Yeah. Uh, even though Boba is his cloned son, but it feels like since his Boba Fett seeing Jenga's head get cut off, it's just like now he just become this child that it was then raised by other uh, bounty hunters. But he's like really bratty, and and then he gets eaten by a sarlacc. I don't know. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, there's so I, many other cool Mandalorian stuff that you could do because exactly. like there's. There's no. a lot of cool Mandalorians that you see going on in like the Clone Wars and Rebels. Oh my and... god, that! <laughs> yeah, I, I like I'm I'm having a hard time here just because I'm really excited. Uh, earlier today, the big announcement that Clone Wars is coming back for a final twelve episodes. It's like, oh my god, I just want to watch all the Clone Wars over again. I am so happy about that. And the first Mandalorian arc that they did in Clone Wars was one of my favorite things going and seeing Obi-Wan Kenobi's relationship with the queen, the dark saber, the whole backstory with that, which wasn't even fully developed until rebels, but still there was just so much good stuff to latch onto and getting to see Mandalore in its prime. It's like, wow, this is awesome. Yeah, no. And then you can see the culture and everything. There's another thing is like Boba Fett. He was a clone and he never really spent any time on Mandalore. Yeah, I don't even think he really knows any of his culture. And it's just like there's so much more Mandalorian culture. It's just it's just a lot. of It's just a lot of cool stuff. I loved having Sabine on with Rebels because even though she's a bit of a black sheep in some elements of the Mandalorian culture, She's a great catalyst to be able to go and delve us into the story and give us more of what Mandalore really is and what it means. You know, even just talking about the armor and how it's designed and how it works. That and, is so cool. And their fighting style and yeah. their history and like their clans and how long Mandalorians have been fighting themselves <laughs> along with it. I saw, I saw a meme today it was the simpsons meme where it has willie talking about uh like ah you know how it is uh and so it replaces all them siths are jedi's natural enemies just like jedis are and mandalorians and the senate and mandalorians and republicans and mandalorians and mandalorians against mandalorians damn mandalorians they ruined mandaloria (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like wow you're you have a contemplative people you just made an enemy for life oh it's just mandalores they like like they like fighting so yeah that's the that's another meme i saw today (laughs) 
And that was Tyler's meme of the day. Or is it the week? I've already said two memes I've seen today. So uh, it's the second meme of today. Memes of today. Memes of today. That was Tyler's memes of today. (laughs) Now for another installment of Tyler's memes for today. So I've only got the two I can think of right now. Unless we keep talking about stuff, I might have a third. Who knows? I mean, this is not in any way what we were trying to go and talk about, but I'm still, I'm, I'm enjoying this too much to stop. <laughs> just no, that's a that's a new thing. It's Tyler's memes of today. <laughs> da, 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 I have to go da, da, come da, up da, with a little da, little da, audio prompt to go along with that. So yeah. Um Star Wars. Crazy stuff. Yeah. No, I've Disney owning everything. Yeah. We talked about Star Wars. We talked about uh Marvel. No, we talked about DC. Yeah. Disney well, doesn't we, own DC. We, no, no, we've we haven't talked about DC. <laughs> That's what we were gonna talk about. That was what we were gonna talk. We started it and then we went on our tangents. Yeah, yeah, no, but I mean it's it is very interesting though, because we've talked about Netflix. Uh and there are 2019 is going to be a weird year because oh. it's a year of new streaming services, and this might even go and change from what we think it's going to be now. Because Apple has been teasing now for almost five years their new streaming service that they're coming out with in 2019. That's the only thing we know about is it's coming out in 2019. Uh, And apparently they've spent like $7 billion in programming for it. uh, So we'll see what that turns into. Like, like on Apple TV. It sounds like it's going to be a multi-platform project. They're just getting into the entertainment industry now. It's weird. I don't know. I don't know if Apple's going to be able to do anything. I, it's going to be interesting to see because they own a lot of assets through other company or through other production companies as it is. Really? Yeah. It, just, it feels so late in the game, especially for a company like Apple. It, it does. And but. yet they're in a position on where, because of their material asset holdings between, uh, and this is a weird one because Disney's also launching their unnamed and still undetailed uh, streaming service in 2019. Apple owns a good portion of Disney and Pixar assets as it is. So Hmm. you may see some cross integration between those two brands. I could actually see that becoming a place where not necessarily you go and see Marvel properties or something like that, but I could go and see some stuff that maybe Disney doesn't identify directly uh, as being one of their held properties going and finding new life through maybe Apple service instead, trying to go and separate, but still grow from different brands and whatnot. So that could be a thing. I don't know. We'll see with that. Um, But yeah, I mean, one of the big instigators for Fox now getting purchased by, uh, by uh, Disney actually has to go and do with Apple as well, because they're also a big asset holder for, uh, uh, Fox television as well. So they've got a lot of assets that are built into that. And most of 20th century Fox's actual uh, development software is run on proprietary Apple hardware. So there's a lot of interesting elements that are going on here. And Apple has been pushing for this now since before it was actually announced that they were going after it. So I don't know. There's something weird going on between Disney and Apple as far as all this is concerned. So I'm kind of wondering if there's something, there's some business going on behind the scenes we don't know about. Hmm. So that's going to be interesting there. Um, 
Netflix has talked about going and launching actual physical hardware to go and access their equipment instead of just licensing it out to other places. I don't know if that's actually going to be a thing or not, or if it's just something they're teasing. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of small scale stuff that we'll see on how many of them actually end up coming out in 2019. But one of the big ones that has been in development for a couple of years now is Warner Brothers DC Universe which is coming out sometime in 2019 and is going to be featuring a lot of stuff that has been insanely successful over the years. Um, everything from their old television series, the Linda Carter, Wonder Woman, Batman, the animated series, Batman Beyond, uh, all of the Superman movies, the uh, DC animated universe films, as well as all the classic ones that have come out, including the Burton collection, uh, the old Batman series with Adam West. There's a lot going on there, including a, what supposedly will be the biggest uh, subscription-based comic reading service ever released, which this might I mean, be a big push against Amazon. I, here. I think that's where they're going to get it, is that kind of stuff, because... Comic books are expensive. Yes, they are. So if you can go subscribe and like just read comics like you can on uh, through uh, uh, like uh, I guess Crunchyroll has their manga. Uh, that's the only other way I can compare it. Like uh, Amazon, you still have to buy the book. Yeah, so. exactly. That comic exology that uh, uh, Amazon owns. That's that's a cool idea and has definitely opened up comic ownership, I think, to a new generation because just comic book stores are not as common as they used to be and they're not profitable the way they used to be either. No. So, yeah. We, we, we had one that was really good and it closed down because it couldn't stay open. Uh, and you go to comic book stores now and it's like most of the store is merchandise because yeah. people love having stuff. Uh, but like, there's not just a whole lot of comics anywhere. It's just like you walk up and down the aisles and it's mostly merchandise. And then the comics guy, you, you don't even really browse. I'm trying to think of like, like every comic book store I go into and it's just like, it's most of it is all just merchandise and like action figures and yeah. figurines. And it's there's merchandise like, or if the comics are going and selling, it's because they're going and marketing to, uh, low publication or rare items. Like that's the one thing I see at the local comic book store around here. Yeah, we have the stuff behind the glass cases. We have two and like uh, that's where you can go get your like your daily issues. So you can just go get your issues and then you can also get your graphic novels. So it's just like we have two and they're still going. They're growing. They just have lots of stuff in them. So but like I think all they're selling is like they sell just a lot of nerdy merchandise that you can't really get anywhere else. So if you want to go, if you want to go buy, yeah, like a pop figurine or something, or you want to go buy, even they have board games too. You can go buy board games there, or like a sweater that makes you look like Thanos. Then yeah, that's where you can get that stuff. But you can also get your comic books there. But you're gonna get your comic books once a month. Uh, because that's how they come out once a month issues or you can go buy a graphic novel there and yeah. they're the prices of books graphic novels are expensive yeah. printed things are expensive so yeah i don't know we've got two and they oh one's been in the same spot forever the other one actually moved to a bigger store because 
they just needed more room. So it's not like mm-hmm. if you have it's such a niche thing is like if you can have the one comic book store that has like all everything and then you just kind of go there and that's enough to keep them afloat. Uh, you can go buy comic books at uh, like the graphic novels. You can go buy at a bookstore. But if you want like the once a month issues that come out, then you have to go to the comic store because that's where they're going to have that. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. But no, it's sad. Like we had, a, we had, a, we had a couple, and then the other one that was really good. That one just sort of died. It was a really friendly guy that ran it too, and he would like he would message you when your comics came in and everything, because you could like get you you get on the list of saying, hey, these are the ones I'm looking for. This is the ones I'm watching. So when it comes out for next month, send me an email or text, and I'll come in and go pick it up. So yeah, yeah I don't know. That's comic books. Yeah. I think they still sell. I think people still buy them. It's, yeah, it's just... they they do. But I mean, part of the reason on why Marvel is owned by Disney now is because of on how bad comic book distribution got for a long time. And number two, because Marvel got, well, and still in some respects is uh, a little crazy with some of their experimentation. <laughs> like, it's not a bad thing to go and try new things with characters it's not always guaranteed to be a hit, but it doesn't hurt to go and try some new things as time goes along. But Marvel got really weird with some of the stuff they tried to go and do in uh, the late 90s and early 2000s. And they tried to diversify themselves into so many other things. In the 80s, they produced a lot of television shows that were not tied to Marvel Comics, uh, but they had their own animation department and all that. And they even did shows like He-Man, for God's sakes. I mean, they did not have a problem doing that. Uh, But they could never get their own shows off the ground because for some reason you can go and be a good animation company, but you can't seem to go and promote your own shit. I don't Hmm. know. (laughs) Marvel is really weird about that. And they sold that side of things off, which is actually profitable. And that turned into, I think, Sunrise Animation. And that's moved on to a couple other names since then. Uh, But they did a whole bunch of stuff with that sold that off and it's like we're going to be 100% comic related that is what we are going to do we will license some of our characters off we're going to go and let Fox and Sony go and do this stuff with these characters and we're just going to live off the royalties well they didn't go and negotiate their contracts very fucking well so they made basically buck kiss off of it it didn't even go and have merchandising rights on everything other than Spider-Man because for some reason you get that one right hmm the fuck? <laughs> like, they just did not know how to manage their own brand, which is so weird considering on how successful X-Men in particular was, and even Spider-Man, which a lot of people you know still have fond memories of, and I, I have fond memories, but watching it back, it has not aged well. Um, the success of those shows on Fox Kids were so big, and then they just let it all walk away. I don't get it. I just don't get what they were thinking. And then, like, the MCU, the only reason why that even exists is because Marvel, in a last-ditch effort to save the company, leveraged all of their characters and intellectual properties against themselves to go and make Iron Man. If Iron Man wasn't a success, there would not be Marvel Comics. Those characters would be owned by a thousand different people. And then they probably get slowly gobbled up by Disney anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I could not. That's like that's a gamble on Iron Man, a character yeah. that 
no one really knew about iron like they knew iron man but they didn't really he wasn't a very favorite character before that movie came out no i he was d-list at best for comic books yeah like yeah he was a name but not one you really knew or cared about like i remember watching both of the iron man tv shows that had come out in the 90s it's like even i don't remember most of the shit there it was not great so yeah i just Marvel made a lot of mistakes, and I think on the comic book side, they're starting to get better with it, but I mean, even up to this year, they were still running deficits in the comic division. They're just starting to get out of that. It's depressing. It's just depressing. I don't know what the hell happened. And then you got DC, who can't seem to get their shit together when it comes to movies. Though I do have to go and make a point on something. Tyler, did you go and see the uh, documentary The Death of Superman Lives? What happened? No. No. I don't really watch documentaries. Okay. That is one that is one I would encourage everybody that's out there that is a comic book fan to watch because it explains everything that is wrong with Warner Brothers film. It is a huge distributor. They go and put out a ton of shit. Most of their movies are not great. And it's all having to go and do with the way that their structure is inside of the company. Sony Pictures gets beat up a lot because of on how bad the highest level of management is on there. But even then, there's still some creative ideas that work out. In the case of Warner Brothers, some of their producers will get an idea in their head. And they will go and just shoehorn that idea into any movie they can. Case in point. God, do I even want to bring this up? Yeah, I'm bringing it up. Yeah, we're here. Wild Wild West. (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly where you're going with this. Giant fucking spider. Giant robotic fucking spider. God, if Cole was here, he would tell you all about this. Yeah, I'm sure. That, the producer of that movie was also on board producing the... uh, Tim Burton Superman movie that was never made. After going and having two successful Batman movies, they moved him off of that to go and reboot Superman with Nicolas Cage as Superman. He would do it too. He does he it. Do it. Oh my God. Have you not seen the pictures? Google no, it. Google it now. Google it? Google. Googling. Yeah. Nicolas Cage Superman. Yes. Just. <laughs> it will blow your mind. That's Cage Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so, for anybody that's that not familiar, photoshopped, it's real. I swear to God, it's real. There's test footage of it too. Oh you can God. find the test footage. It's amazing. So, the idea so behind this was that after the successful uh, reboot of uh, Batman, done by Tim Burton, they wanted to have him try the same thing at Superman. The second biggest property at DC Comics and something that had been big uh, with Christopher Reeve. I mean, I cannot emphasize on how big those movies were. Even Superman 4, A Quest for Peace, was still a financial success despite being one of the worst pieces of comic book schlock ever. I mean, it makes Green Lantern look good. Okay, that's not even true. Nothing can make Green Lantern look good. Um, But there's a lot, a lot of worse movies than that. Anyway, so 
this was shortly after, or I should say, it started going into production shortly after the death of Superman, you know, the best-selling comic book of all time. They wanted to go and make a movie around that. And initially, that sounds like kind of a cool thing, especially with somebody like Nicolas Cage in the 90s. There's a lot of potential for that, especially with Tim Burton at the directing helm. Just can you imagine the things that they would go and do with that? There were a lot of great ideas, but the producers and executives at Warner Brothers kept going and adjusting the budget constantly, and it was up and down all the time. It was not consistent at all, so they had no idea what they had to work with. And the producers were trying to take all of the Superman out of it, it seemed like. Like, Doomsday couldn't be this actual creature. It needed to be... It needed to not be guys in suits. He didn't want guys in suits. He didn't want something that looked like a comic book movie. And a Superman movie. <laughs> and that actually led to some really creative designs that came out of it. There was this um, suit that had, like, 5,000 fiber optic points that were built into it. And the test footage is really freaking cool. I could see them doing some smart things with it. And they were going and coming up with this idea to go and have doomsday go and be like this constantly morphing and shifting almost T 1000 kind of character on screen that Superman would battle and eventually fall to. That was really cool. But the damn producer kept insisting that the big finale fight couldn't be with Lex Luthor. It couldn't be with Toy Man. It couldn't be with anything that was Superman related. It had to, for some reason, be a giant fucking spider creature. Yeah. Giant yeah. fucking spider creature. Well, it worked in Wild Wild West, which I really like that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. Um, <laughs> I don't know. At the time it came out, I thought that was a fucking great movie. I, I did when I was a kid. I was, having watched I was a, it back now, yeah. Having watched it back like two years ago, oh my god! I wonder what was wrong with me. As uh, <laughs> a kid, it's a fucking giant spider robot. What the hell else you? It it's was awesome. Steampunk. But, yeah, but I'll also admit, part of the reason why I wanted to see it was because I saw an episode of Batman the Animated Series that had something exactly like it in it. Actually, now that I think about it, it's like the Wild Wild West. That they did have like grapple hooks and shit and like and like uh uh it was almost like they were wild west but they're also like james bond spies yeah. and no it's a james bond wild west movie yeah no it it's weird because there is an episode of batman the animated series with jonah hex and it's set back in the wild west and it almost has the same plot to it hmm i was so excited because i'd seen that that i wanted to see wild wild west my father has never forgiven me for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wild Wild West was one of those movies that was just always on, like, um, uh, what the, what channel was that? Oh, God, it was a channel from Atlanta. Uh, TLS? T, T, TNT? Not TNT. Not TNT? The channel name kept changing. Last time I checked, it was called Peach Street TV. No, I don't know what that is. I'd be willing to bet that's Turner Broadcasting if it's based it out of Atlanta. Uh, yeah, it was. It's ba- it's totally based out of Atlanta. So I don't know. It was a TV channel we got, and they would have, always have like movies on the weekend, and that was one of the main movies you always see is Wild Wild West. It's like movies like Wild cult cult movies like that, Wild Wild West, or something like The Mask or um, yeah. Ace Ventura. 
it's just like their movies you'd see on a on a weekend then they'd just be on tv back the future was always on there and a lot of those are the, it's the same channels that i would watch like i had a a lot of my vhs movies taped off of so i can watch it and they would they would censor some parts because i remember watching the movies and i would watch my my tape recorded versions of them and i'd be like oh, it's missing a scene here oh yeah because this is uh recorded off the tv and they cut that part just completely out yeah so yeah i want to go i need to go watch that movie again i'm gonna w- go watch back. it again because like i still love that movie but for a very different reason than i did as a kid it's just one of those things it's I still really like it, even though there are some truly terrible moments in it. But yeah, it's very interesting because one of the guys that worked on the death of Superman, or has to say the guy who worked on uh, Superman Lives after the project got pulled was in a theater, I think at a preview screening for Wild Wild West, and he saw the giant spider and it's just like, God damn it. He finally got his fucking spider. Sit. I really cannot encourage people to go and watch The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened. It's just such a surreal look into filmmaking and still emphasizes, because everybody that they interviewed on it all have very negative opinions of the way that the production structure is at Warner Brothers Films. It hurts a lot of movies with the way that they're designed and the way that they work. Even things like the Men in Black sequel, after on how big of a success that was, still got neutered because the producers did not want to go and put in the same kind of time or effort. They just wanted to rehash of the first movie. Hmm. And it's just, it emphasizes and proves everything that people think is wrong with the DC movies. There's good ideas in them. Suicide Squad should have been a... Well, it was a big success. It was financially successful. But it should have been a much better movie. And there's still cuts of the film that are floating around the internet that were just taken out because, oh, we don't... And we don't want to go and dedicate the time to going and developing this character over here. We don't need that. Yeah, this needs needs to be a buddy film. There's there's a lot of... There's a lot of scenes in that movie that artistic scenes and like just don't make sense it feels feels hashed together yeah it feels like there was something different that should have preceded this yeah or just like not even that just like yeah i did it that movie just had a weird flow it's just like okay we're here and now we're there now we're here and just like uh we're, we're jumping around in plot text okay now we're doing some stuff okay this is a very sideways kind of way of doing things and then just the way people acted or did things it just yeah, I don't know. It's just like I want. I I could totally see it was some guy was like, I want them to do it like this, and they're like, well, that doesn't really fit. No, but I want it like that, and just like it feels like things were yeah. chewed horn in, and then they're like, okay, now we got to get from here to there, and they're like, how do we do that? Well, I just figure it out, and it's just like yeah. it just jumps, and it's just it doesn't. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes that could be an editing thing, and sometimes you can watch a movie and go. This could have been a good movie, but it was poorly edited because that does happen. Yeah. Uh, but, but I don't know if that was it. I I don't know. There's so many weird things that have gone on with that film in particular. Like, uh, like uh, the Final Fantasy uh, uh, or not Final Fantasy, Fantastic Four movie, the most recent one, I would blame that entirely on like just bad editing. Yeah, that that's that and Suicide Squad have a weird thing in common. Because 
both of them, the directors and cast members have claimed that there was almost a full second movie worth of content that was just cut from the film. Really? Now, I don't know if I believe the Fantastic Four director because everybody has also said that the dude was a fucking nutcase and was attacking actors and stuff like that. The dude apparently is unhinged. But he and a couple of other cast members have said that there were a lot of other scenes that were not in the film and he wasn't even allowed to go and do the final edit of the movie. It was done by some producer. Uh, they went and just cut it down and went and put it out to film. There should have been about another 45 minutes, which, oh my God, how could that movie be 45 minutes longer? It already felt like it was three days long in the first place. That's the thing is like, who knows what that 45 minutes would have added. Maybe it would have made everything just flow and make more sense. Maybe. And who knows? Because like that, that, that can happen where you go, this is a long movie, but it's only a long movie because it feels so disjointed and you're just too busy not wanting to be watching the movie where if it's, if it fits and flows together, then that extra 45 minutes makes keeps you engrossed. That's, yeah. that's the problem is it's like, you keep losing your grossness. You're not, you're, you're not invested in the movie. And so you realize how long it feels like it's taking. Yeah. So, but if you're having a good time, then it's, it's going to fly by. Yeah. Well, and like in the case of uh, suicide squad, pretty much every member of that, you know, villains group said that they had filmed extra scenes uh, particularly with Batfleck that were supposed to be part of a bigger narration for the film. Like the context for these characters was supposed to be done through flashbacks. And while there were flashbacks in there, they didn't really ever feel like they fit well, particularly Harley Quinn's whole sequence of things. Like, yeah, we're recreating, you know, her origin story and all that, but it just feels like the way that they went and shoehorned those pieces in, it's like they could have been doing more with other characters to go and break things up. Instead, it's just like, well, okay, is this the squad story? Is this a Deadshot story? Is it Harley's story? Is the Joker even in this fucking movie? Yeah. And like yeah. the director's cut version they came out with added in like 15 minutes worth of Joker and Harley scenes, which granted made them a little bit more tolerable. But Jared Leto, Margot Robbie, uh, the two of them went and said that there was at least an hour worth of sequences that they shot that weren't in the movie. And like a lot of them were repeat scenes and all that stuff, but there should have still been more in there. And especially the way that they were talking about on how this film was going to go and have a fucking scary Batman and how uh, it was really supposed to be very... Uh, psychologically torturous on these characters and that they were having to go and bring in uh psychiatrists for the staff to go and, you know, help make sure they stayed grounded while going and shooting some of these darker scenes. It's like, where the hell was that movie? Yeah. Like, we heard about that for two years before it came out. And then we got underpants raiders of the galaxy or at least this little city that for some reason we know superheroes exist in but they didn't come to help yeah i don't know it was it was also a bad plot it was is the uh uh main main chick has squad of bad people uh then yeah literally the main villain was because the female wanted to control this person and as soon as she let that person out she was just like okay now i'm free 
And then yeah. she became the main bad guy. Hula girls. Yes. What was that? Why was she constantly like shaking the entire time? She's like Please. having a conversation, but she was hooling. I'm like, this is very that... off-putting and very distracting to watch. I'm serious. After seeing the death of Superman lives, I'm just imagining while I'm watching this in the theaters, just like there was a producer going and telling the guys in the artist department. No, no, she's got to be doing like erotic things. She's like, she's got to be doing this hula thing the whole time. It's like, that's exactly what happened. That's this is a Warner Brothers production. This is how it would happen. It's the only thing that makes sense. Well, maybe that's where, maybe that's where we need to call it. I, that, I do need to get one thing out here though, just because we did kind of talk about the DC Universe streaming service. Right now, the DCEU is a hot mess in terms of the movies. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but let's be honest, they're not making great films. Um, they're making okay ones, but not great. But then you compare it to their animated films, which have largely been produced by Bruce Tim, who did Batman and Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Their animated films are fantastic. They I are, and they... Yeah, even their worst ones, I still stand by, are on par with a lot of regular cinema films that come out. I would actually love to go and see uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm remade in live action. That would be absolutely amazing. I still stand by, it is the most underrated Batman property ever. And I saw that in the theaters as a kid. It's the only Batman animated movie to be shown in theaters on a nationwide release. And it's the lowest, uh, or it was the least watched Batman movie that was ever released in theaters. Even The Killing Joke, which was released in a very limited number of theaters, actually sold more tickets than Batman Mask of the Phantasm. That came out in the 90s. That was amazing. That thing was absolutely awesome. Or <laughs> Superman versus the Elite. That would be freaking awesome in live action. There's all these good animated movies that would be great in live action, but they yeah, won't just, do that. guys, just rip off your own shit. Guaranteed, yeah. it will not matter. Yeah, it'll it'll do great. I don't know. There's something about when it comes to live action, they have to like do things differently. Yeah, uh, maybe I don't know what it, what does it. Do you think maybe the movies would be really really cheesy in live action? That adding that live action just doesn't make it work right. I or I think it depends on which ones we look at, like. Mask of the Phantasm, Under the Red Hood, Superman versus the Elite. I can see those ones working really, really well. Or um, what was it? There was a compilation one they did that was uh, made by a whole bunch of Japanese anime studios. That was uh, Gotham Knight. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was those six independent stories. But the narration was done from these kids going and talking about stories they've heard about Batman. That was really cool on how they did that. There are ways, I think, of going and bringing that kind of cheesiness and make it work in film. Honestly, cheesy I would have worried about in a superhero movie until Guardians of the Galaxy. Because that film changed my opinion on how superhero films could work. Because before that, all of the origin stories were just Iron Man over and over and over again. Yeah. That yeah. one changed the paradigm, even though there was good moments of humor and all that, we hadn't really had a goofy or a cheesy superhero or group of superheroes that had been a financially successful film. And then Guardians of the Galaxy comes out, and it's just like, all of these guys are terrible. 
They're all horrible. I want to watch more of them. Yeah. 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 They proved that that could work. So, yeah, I could see that kind of thing working really well. You know, and even if we're just talking about going and setting up some world building that you could just get out of the way really quickly, don't just go and do a Green Lantern origin movie. I mean, we saw how badly that turned out. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. that's now been rectified. <laughs> Actually, we, we, my friends and I have been talking about this for a while now. And like the Lantern Corps are really cool. And yeah. seeing something with Lantern Corps would be great. Like a, cause I don't know. I don't know if Green Lantern is, Green Lantern. I want to say Green Lantern is well known. Everyone who's Green Lantern yeah. is. Well, and then the Lantern Corps of like every single one of the colors uh, when they started fighting Black Lantern. And like if you get Black Lantern into it, like I was at, so when I, I was at Staples buying yeah. a printer, and I, I had a Black Lantern shirt on it. And the guy was just like, oh, I know that shirt. That's Black Lantern. I thought it was Green Lantern. I was looking at it. It was like, it was kind of weird. But then I was like, no, that's a Black Lantern shirt. That's awesome. I was like, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, that, the Darkest Night comic was great. Or I should say series of comics was great. Yeah. That was really fun. Um, you know, not saying that D DC or anybody would ever go and listen to this idea. But um, speaking of compilation movies, um, they've done two really good uh, Green Lantern animated movies. The first one was First Flight, which was an origin story, which worked really well and actually had a really good voice acting cast. Like, seriously, just cast these people in real life to do this movie and you'll be fine. But they did a great one which showcased all the other members of the core. And I almost feel like after the bomb and the jokes that have popped up because of the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern movie, just skip the setup. Go straight to why the Green Lantern Corps matters. And they did a great uh, series of short films that were put together with a growing narrative called Green Lantern Emerald Knights. And it just showcased a bunch of these well-known Green Lanterns from the comics. And it's really entertaining because we're getting a chance to go and just see how diverse this group is. Sinestro has his own uh, segment in there before he became excuse me, the founder of the Yellow Lanterns. Like, it's just showing on how this guy who was one of their, you know, greatest members and greatest heroes was also one of the darkest influences inside of the organization itself. Or uh, Mogo, the Green Lantern that is a planet, um, or as I like to go and refer to him, the precursor to Ego, the planet from Marvel. <laughs> it's like, wow, that's... That's quite the ripoff there, Stan. <laughs> Way to go. Although Guardians of the Galaxy 2, gotta go and say. Just... You guys managed to redeem a horrible character. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just going and seeing the story of Bofunga, the unrelenting, who went to go and fight the great warrior Mogo, who had never been defeated. This cosmic scourge that would go and wipe out any warrior that's claimed to be mightier than uh, Bofunga, the unrelenting. And then him getting his ass kicked by a planet without ever realizing it. It's just... Uh, no, yeah, it's just... You can't have that in live action, though. That doesn't I, really work I feel like you could. Well, I, I, I stand with by. New, just... With the new Guardians of the Galaxy movie, does that prove it, that it can work? I think so, actually. Yeah. Hmm. 
I don't no, know. Because it's done uh, through a different... Comic yeah. books, sometimes, they get really weird. Like, if you read comics, and they're oh, really God. weird sometimes. So, and then when they become movies, they, I think they change them enough that they become a little bit normal and action-y and good enough to watch. And But then when they make it to live action, it's just like they change it so much that it's now boring. It's just like... Well, this is boring now. This is just like drama movie, but everyone has fucking tights and capes on. I, I think that there's some truth to that, but I think also part of that just has to do with the way that Hollywood works, and that's not necessarily a good thing in the way that they normally operate. I don't criticize sequels anymore because people want to see them. Like people get so invested in these worlds, they want to see more. Yeah, fanfic.net proves enough of that. <laughs> there's just no getting around that anymore. So I don't criticize that side of things. And I actually enjoy a lot of sequels that have come out now. The MCU has done a great job of going and making a truly consistent extended universe and something that does open itself up to sequels that doesn't hurt itself. Just Ant-Man and the Wasp. I won't spoil anything for anybody that hasn't seen it, but that is just a great sequel. Like it's consistent inside of the world. It all works. It's fun. Did it go and play into infinity war i think anybody that watched the trailers knows that it really doesn't but you know hey maybe there's a little something in that mid-sequence credit that just goes and makes it feel like it all works hmm. i haven't seen it yet so i i highly recommend it yeah i'll go I, see it yeah i highly recommend it hmm. but i like the first ant-man too and that also proved that you can just go and have kind of a one-off film that isn't connected to some big world ending event that could just be good. So yeah, that's that kind of stuff works. But the problem that I go and see is that whereas those movies have acknowledged that you can have all of these cheesy moments and it can still be fun and work. And I mean, honestly, Guardians of the Galaxy has the dumbest looking characters. If we're just going and taking things from the, you know, Oh, does this look like something that would work in live action sort of perspective? It's like, look at the Ravengers. Those guys are the goofiest looking group of motherfuckers in the entire MCU. They look like something that was just pulled right out of a comic book. They're just ugly as sin. But damn it. They're the best thing to go and watch in those movies. They are just the best well, things yeah, to watch. They and are I can they see are. doing that with other things. Comic relief. You got to have comic relief. So exactly, exactly. Anyway, that's that's just kind of my spiel there. I DC gets a lot of things right. They've always made money with the comics. I'm really curious to see whether or not this subscription her subscription service works or not. Um, if if they have their comics in there, I think that's a huge thing. That sounds fantastic to me. That, where I can go watch read uh, comics because like it's hard. It's hard to get into comics because you don't know where to start. You don't know what to read. And it is expensive to just start buying comics. So if they have like just a whole bunch of stuff and then they have like, hey, these are the ones that are most popular. Start here. Then you can start somewhere and it's not so overwhelming. And then you can like start arcs because like they do do it in like uh, um, stories so they have like whatever story is going on with this thing written by whoever sometimes it's continued with other stuff and that's part of the problem where it's like you're reading a comic book and there's like oh here's some inside knowledge because this is related to all these comics that's been going on for this little while and it's in that 
And then what they'll do is they'll kind of stop and then they'll like restart it again because it's gotten so convoluted and they keep talking back to things. So it's really hard to know what is continental to other comics. (laughs) So it's a big thing, especially for somebody like me who my experience with like Watchmen, for example, is just the Zack Snyder movie. I want to read more of that. Apparently the whole collection is going to be on this. I will be subscribing if for no other reason than that. As long as it's subscribed, eh, different story. (laughs) Watch. uh, uh, um, Oh God. Why? why, uh, The Watchmen. There we go. Uh, That's actually a really easy one to read and get into because Mm -hmm. it is contained. It is its own world. There's no other lore. Everything is in that book. You can go out and buy that. I think I have well, I have my copy somewhere, uh, but you can just buy it as the graphic novel. You don't have to worry about different issues or anything or continuity with other stuff. Everything you learn in that book that builds the world, that tells you the heroes, and from cover to cover, that's it. You're done. You don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to know other superheroes that pop in and out. Because like right now, I'm reading... Um, I was re- I was just reading uh, the Amazing Spider-Man or the Spectacular Spider-Man, one of the two. Um, it was Spider Island, and it had helpful notes because it was like uh, the graphic novel I was reading was Spider Island, and it had lost things like um, he didn't have a spider sense right now. It also had characters like the newest Venom, which was like Venom, who was like a uh, um soldier it had anti-venom in there which was the original venom but then he got cancer and so then the symbiote left him but then he beat his cancer and the symbiote came back but then it wasn't the same venom it was now like his colors are inverted and he's anti-venom now because he's a different human so yeah so he's different and that's that character and then he had like spider-man and then he was dating a different girl at the time. And there's a whole bunch of other things that happened to him in other comic books because it was a keep going. It was the comic book had been going on for a while now. And every arc arc story was written by a different person. So someone else would take over the reins and write their story. But it was still continual to all those other stories that had already happened. So that it had little nice, helpful blurbs about things when it referenced something else it have a little blurb of like, he lost his thing, something, something in this episode or in this comic issue of Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 396. And then you're like, okay, I now know. It's it's backwards knowledge. So yeah, that's kind of, and then what else am I reading? I'm reading Infinity right now. That's another Marvel one. And that's just, uh, just a mess of characters because that's yeah. just, that's Thanos is there. The builders are there. Every Marvel character you can think of is there because that's everyone. That's like uh, every that's everyone you're seeing now. You got Doctor Strange. You got uh, you got a uh, Black Panther. Uh, well, Mister Fantastic. That's the problem. Is in a lot of Marvel comics, Mister Fantastic is the smartest man ever. So if there is anything that has to do with the smart guy figuring it out or the smart guy who has caused the problem, it's Mr. Fantastic's the one who did it. They can't do that with all the Marvel movies because that's owned by Fox. So that has been falling on Tony Stark this entire time. 
where Tony Stark is a really smart guy, but he's not the smartest guy. He's the guy you go to if you want like robot stuff. He's an he's an engineer. Yes. That's his thing. He is an engineer mindset guy. He is not a theoretical physicist. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh but then he also has more morals where Dr. Fantastic he doesn't. He keeps doing things to see if he can because he wants to know everything and he's very hubris about it. And it's just like, oh, you know, he, he's he's that guy that doesn't stop to say if I can't, if, if I should. He just goes, I want to see if I can do this. And then it's like, but that could break the universe. And he goes, yeah, but I want to know if I can do it, if it's right or not. I got to know everything. And you're like, no, stop. What are you doing? <laughs> I get it. You're smart, but you're going to break everything. And then he then he proceeds to break everything and goes, ah, by my calculations, I did break everything as I thought I would. No, then why did you stop? <laughs> and you wonder why he had a parody character in Venture Brothers. Just God. Yeah. Yeah. He is. Well, they had all fantastic. They're, they're very yeah. they are very integral to Marvel comics. Yep. Um, so it's 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 a weird thing to watch read Marvel comics and then you see just the movies just they're completely absent of like how much of a big hole that is but you don't realize it unless you like you go read them i'm but. i'm just waiting with this fox buyout on how soon it is before they go and announce a new fantastic four movie like god i'm really curious if that's gonna happen i'm really curious i it seems to be basically a done deal at this point you could get deadpool yeah. in there too then deadpool yeah. and, and wolver wolverine's a huge part of also yeah, that well, he was like x-men in general i think yeah it, it's like the x-men were like a huge part of all the marvel stuff and they're always characters there too you always see i always see beast and wolverine and storm and they're in there and what was it it was like quicksilver and scarlet witch who were like yeah like technically scarlet witch and quicksilver in the avengers movie are also the same ones that are mutants yeah <laughs> but they're different but they're the same but i don't yeah, know how that I, licensing works I, ugh, that there was such a big stink over that one when joss whedon just out of the blue went and said oh yeah we're gonna have scarlet witch and quicksilver in our movie oh that was done a day ahead of the casting announcements for who was going to be playing quicksilver in uh what was it days of future past yeah, it's like you just go and throw in that you're going to have these characters in your movie, and only one of them actually has an Avengers connection. There was such a huge legal fight over that. Part of the reason why they never made any merchandise of the uh, Quicksilver from uh, Age of Ultron is that that was the final decision or that was the final deal that was made between 20th Century Fox and Marvel Productions. They could hmm. not merchandise license or do anything that went and had him on them. It's the same reason why they didn't have any posters that went and featured him either. Scarlet Witch was an established Avengers character. Quicksilver is a tenuous link at best. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And the worst part is I keep going and seeing these things from like watch mojo about the biggest dick moves made in films. And they go and talk about, Oh, originally in days of future past, they were going to be breaking out the juggernaut and, 
doing all that stuff. But no, they decided to go and bring in Quicksilver because Avengers was going to go and have Quicksilver in it. It's like, guys, literally the opposite. Literally the opposite. They had talked about going and doing the Juggernaut for that scene. They had storyboarded it. They never cast anybody. They never wrote the scene. It's just a storyboard. They decided to go with Quicksilver because, oh, hey, this guy could actually be a good asset in the future. There's no way to go and make the Juggernaut a good guy. No. <laughs> He's it not. Just blows my mind. But part of that is also there's a lot of Marvel fanboys who just want to believe that nothing can be done wrong there and that Fox is the greatest evil ever, which I'm not going to go and argue the fact that they have horribly mismanaged the X-Men franchise, but come on, guys. Um, I don't know. It started good. It went bad. It's gotten good again. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that part either. Although, it, yeah, no, you're 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 right. I I still love the first X Men movie. Yeah, I don't was... think I don't think the superhero movies would be where they are if it wasn't for the fact that they took those cheesy characters and managed to make a compelling film yes. out of them. Yes, I think that was the point. They even, even made Christopher Nolan, who did the Dark Knight saga, recognized that Batman Begins could not have happened. If it was not for X Men, yeah, they they were a key component in that. Yeah, I is X Men and Spider Man are like yeah. two key components of that. Yeah, for um, sure. Because before that, it was like the Batman movies that you just didn't really take seriously. Yeah, well, I, that that's a really sad one because you want to talk about a franchise that just ruined itself. Uh, Batman eighty nine. Met with critical success, rave reviews, huge number of tickets sold. It's one of the highest ticket sales movies that has ever been released. And people were into it. And even though it was definitely on the comic book or comic book side, it was still serious enough. Like you believed Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Yes. Yeah. It no, it was really it was well. Yeah. Then you had Batman Returns, which got too dark. That one just yeah. took it in. That I, one, I know. I, I see what you mean. Like with yeah. the penguin and everything. Yeah. Like it's a good movie. Not taking anything away from that. In some respects, it's better than 89. But it's very hard to get into because the tonality is so rough and just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. So I that one. Mean. Yeah, yeah. That one hurt itself in that respect. And box offices just didn't really pick up on it. Then you had Burton going and moving over uh, to Superman Lives. So they end up going getting, oh God, what the hell is his name? Oh my God. Um, oh God, what the hell is his name? This is going to drive me nuts. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. That was uh, the, because the, the third one was Batman Forever. Yes. Yes. Oh God, what the hell was the name of the guy that directed that movie? The hell is it? Joel Schumacher. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Schumacher. I watched that movie recently, and it's nowhere near as bad as I remember it being. No, it is not colorful. It, it is eccentric, but it is super duper cheesy. Yeah, and that just contrasts so badly with the previous two films that it hurt itself. And then they tried to go and have more serious writing, but made every other wrong creative decision with Batman and Robin. Yes. Yeah, and it got even weirder in Batman. Or, but yeah. I don't know that. Like, it, I I kind of understand where they're coming from. That's like they made it super colory. Uh, and also, if we didn't have those movies, we never would have gotten Mystery Men. 
which yes. was a clear uh, uh, satirical rip on that, that they had like the same giant, everything was like designed exactly the same. Uh, but even like in Mystery Men, you'd go to like the suburbia area and then they houses still had the exact same color, but it was just fucking suburban houses. Yeah. And they still have like the purple lights on their hanging out like on their driveway and it was like and then they the big city would be in the background and it's like yeah okay i get you yeah this is I, you're making fun of. <laughs> dear god when is that movie gonna get another another break i love it. i think mystery men is now i feel like that should be a cult film it, i i just never hear anybody talk about it i don't know if it ever became a cult classic Man, it should have been you hear me it should be about it. i'm talking about it here i am yeah. You're right. You're right. If Tyler is talking about it, it must be a cult classic. And on that bombshell, thank you very much for going and joining us this week. Make sure to go and check us out on iTunes and Google Play Music or Google Play Podcasts, whatever the heck they're calling it this week, because Google can't seem to decide on what names they want to go with for anything. Uh, We are on YouTube for... Well, basically just going and uploading things that we're in. But hey, we like it anyway. Go and follow us on Facebook. You can go and follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram. Thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Have a great night. We will see you next week when we go and talk about what the hell convention is Amy at again? Versus Con. Versus Comic Con. Thank you. Versus Comic Con. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.